are back with a little after dark action here on the Get Around Podcast. And what's bringing us back? None other than football. Go figure. Yeah, go figure that uh, that's probably one of the biggest stories right now, which we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, welcome to the Get Around After Dark. I'm your host, Brendan Queeley. Joining me in the studio, as always, my lovely co-workers, James Cook and Brett Summers. So lucky and fortunate to not only work with them, but have them in my life. It's it's really indescribable. I'm not sure how to put it into words, but I love you both very much. And uh, I don't mean any of that, actually. But welcome into the show. We've got uh, a good one for you. About 20, 25 minutes. We'll see how we do. We're going to talk about Tim Wurr leaving Traverse City West and heading on home to Kingsley. And we'll get into some of the bigger games from this week, including Friday's boys and girls basketball action. We will also talk a little bit of the Northwest Conference and the boys, as that has gotten a little bit more muddied with uh, each team sitting at 5-1. and one. And then we will wrap things up and give you a little more information about the contest that we have for you to win two free tickets to the State and Bijou Theaters. On a, uh, a different note before we get started, I am very happy to hear that my nickname for Jimmy James Cook is actually catching on. That, of course, is Jimmy James Cook. I, I heard you've uh, been referred to that a couple of times. Several times in the last week, mainly by the same the same basketball coach. Listen, until your wife starts calling you that, I'm, I'm not going to be satisfied with uh, the reach of Jimmy James Cook. Yeah, I don't think that'll happen. You sure? Probably when not. you guys like renew your vows, I'm thinking, I, Cena, take the Jimmy James Cook. <laughs> I don't know. Just throwing it out there. Uh, all right, so let's get started. The biggest news this week, of course, was now former Trevor City West head football coach Tim Moore as he's headed to Kingsley. Did we see that coming, guys? I think some of the writing was on the wall a little bit, and people were kind of speculating about that. I mean, Brett, you, I think you brought it up um, when he took the substitute teaching job at, at Kingsley to, to fill in for Jason Leonard, who is the, the football coach at Kingsley that was put on leave. You know, so I, I think some of the writing was on the wall, and a lot of people, I think, in Kingsley were hoping but uh, that they had those, those wishes answered this week. What's the kind of reaction been uh, from... West fans and Kingsley fans. I saw that Kingsley fans were pretty happy about the uh, the return of Wur, and it seemed like a lot of more good luck wishes uh, from the West fans as he left. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that. I mean, I mean, King. You know, Tim has had a pretty good record at, at West, uh, fifty six and forty two. I think uh, made the playoffs seven out of ten years. Uh, got his first playoff win this year with his his best win as he or best season as he. You know, went out the door. I guess uh, going nine and two this year. So I mean, I think that was a good way for him to to kind of go out there at West. Um, you know, and and maybe coaching ten years at a big school like that it is is maybe at the point where he was kind of thinking, you know, maybe it's time to change anyway. Well, yeah, he came from Kingsley to West, which was a D six school, and then moving into Division one. I. I think he was he was a graduate of Kingsley, right? Like I think mm-hmm. like nineteen eighty eight or something like that. So it, it really is returning home for him. And he did win a state title with Kingsley oh five. Two thousand five, yeah. Two thousand five, right. yep. Yeah. And he was uh, again I think he was there for eight years, uh, had another seven out of eight years in, in the playoffs. What are we what should we expect from Kingsley next year? Well Kingsley's record this last year wasn't good. It was one and eight. Tim talked in James's story about the fact that you know the kids that um, he helped win a, a state championship in 2005 are, are still the same type of kids that are there. So 
Tim clearly has the uh, confidence that he can get the program back to that level. Um, but you know, to say that he's going to do that in a year, I think, would be pretty unrealistic. Um, I, I would expect to certainly see a jump next year from the Stags um, on the field and notch a few more uh, Ws at the very least. Um, but uh, you know, I think it's still going to be two or three years before you know you're talking about winning records and making the playoffs and maybe you know winning a conference championship. Do we think more kids are going to come out for the Kingsley team now that Wurz back? Is does he kind of have that that influence and that reach in the community? I mean, I think most times when a school hires a new coach, that generally boosts numbers. To be bringing back a guy who was there before and you know led your program to a state championship, something that and it's up there for everyone to see when uh, you go between the hedges and Kingsley. You know the, that O five championship. So even though War's been gone for ten years, that that reminder is always still there and. Kids already have that sterling example of the type of excellence that Tim War can bring to the program. I think only doubles, triples, I mean, who knows? Quadruples. Yeah, even. Quintuples. We I won't. mean, who, who knows? We won't want to. Well, uh, we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, James does. It, it certainly will elevate it, I think, even more so than a new coach at a, a typical hiring. James, does his experience in Division One? how is that going to translate now when he goes back to Division Six? Is is that going to be a, a big help for him? Yeah, I think he can kind of go back more to the, the, the pure wing T that he likes to coach. Uh, at Kingsley, uh, when he was at West, you know, a wing T at a, at a big school isn't exactly the way that people want you to go. So he ran a kind of a modified wing T with a with a spread, you know, kind of combine those two offenses a bit. And uh, I, I think he'll go, kind of go back to the wing T that he won with at Kingsley the first time around. And it is of interest that uh, when Kingsley hired him the first time, they had won one game the season before, and then in his first year they won seven. Well, they won what the hell do I know? <laughs> <laughs> so I ran into West Athletic Director Jason Carmine at the West uh, Towers Boys basketball game on Friday night. And Breaking news. And and, <laughs> and I, I mean, went up to him, right, and said, so who's in line for the coaching job? And his answer, uh, I mean, it was really surprising, and here we go, breaking news on here. But Jason Carmine said that he's going to be taking over along with the uh, superintendent, uh, and they're going to be the ones running the team. Clearly he was he was joking. We had a good laugh about that. But I, I, I was standing there eavesdropping. I believe he said they're they're gonna run flea flicker on every single flea offensive flicker play. on every single offensive play. So watch out for that, everybody who's playing Traverse City West next season. They are gonna be it's all flea flicker all the time. James, you probably have a little more insight into this than uh, either myself or Brett. Well, certainly more than myself. I can't speak for Brett. But who do we think is is a candidate for the uh, to fill the position at West? I mean, well, they've got two. I would say they have two big time candidates in house already, which is uh, defensive coordinator Jason Morrow and uh, offensive uh, assistant coach uh, Greg Vaughn. I mean, Greg Vaughn coached at St. Francis for a number of years. Won, I believe, two state championships there so I mean, he's got that pedigree uh, he's been on the staff there for a couple years now at uh, at west and then and morrow has been the defensive coordinator there and an assistant since war came here um he's a you know he's a young energetic guy he's already a teacher in the school which i think is a huge thing for him because uh you know west is i think had a history in the last few years of hiring people 
who they don't have to make a teacher's job for. They've done that with the, with multiple varsity coaching positions that they've had open in the last few years where they've, uh, when a coach moves on, they promote one of the assistants usually. Um, so, I mean, that's been a pattern. Will that continue? You never know. I mean, uh, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll post it and they'll take, uh, applications from outside and, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see some area coaches throw their hat in the ring. You know, maybe maybe Jerry Andrews at Glen Lake. I mean, he was a uh, coach at Traverse City West under Matt Prisk for a long time. It was in my head. Jerry Andrews is not going to coach Traverse City West. It is going to be pants-wearing Gary. He's going <laughs> to he's gonna coach two teams. Well, he, Jerry's not going to coach two teams. Jerry and his twin his are going twin. to each coach a team. <laughs> pants-wearing Gary Angers. But <laughs> just to be safe, if you see Glen Lake playing a lot of Thursday games next fall and Traverse City West playing on Fridays, you know there's something going on there. You just got to see who's wearing pants and who's wearing shorts to work it all out. Read between the pant lines. The uh, creases, the seams. Yes. The pleated, right, pleated? Pleated like a, like maybe like a pleated pair of maybe uh, like, I don't know, like Do a, they a make nice, pleated a nice shorts? purple corduroy, right? <laughs> Maybe maybe you go mauve or salmon, something a little bit uh, more reserved than like a, a really, I don't know maroon. I think maroon corduroys, and maybe maybe like a, a corduroy vest to go along with that. I, I I mean, why more coaches aren't rocking that look? I don't understand. But plenty of intrigue that we will see coming up here, in, in terms of what's going to happen at Kingsley and who's going to fill in for Were at West. Moving away from football now over to basketball, we had some big games on Friday night, and Jimmy James Cook was over, and he was able to watch the Glen Lake-Kingsley game, and Kingsley kind of pulled away in that one and won, what, by 16 points? Is that right? Yeah, 61 to 45. Uh, yeah, It was pretty kind of hard-nosed defense a lot in the first half. Uh, you know, both teams turning, forcing a lot of turnovers, um, a little bit sloppy at some points. Um, but but still a, a kind of a fun game to watch and uh, Kingsley seemed to really take the momentum when uh, J.C. King hit a half court three pointer at the end of the first quarter and then they went an eleven nothing run to start the second quarter. Then they they led by as much about eighteen I think in the uh, third quarter. Glen Lake started chipping away at that, got down to about six, and then Jalen Brumfield just took over in the last three minutes of the game, scored eight points and uh, and kind of just ended it right there. Yeah, we've kind of talked about wanting to see more out of her that she has the talent, but it just sometimes hasn't exactly translated over to the court. What do you think was the difference tonight that made her kind of, uh, I don't know, stand out? Uh, Well, she kind of battled foul trouble during some of the early parts of the game, Um, and I think she came back into the game uh, mid-fourth quarter. Still, She had four fouls, but she just seemed to really come out determined that she was going to Make a difference in this game, and uh, and and just truly did. I mean, she made some really acrobatic plays, just some some great plays there that that turned the whole momentum of the game and kind of just was it a dagger. You, I mean, we kind of know what both of these teams are capable of. Um, did did either play up to their typical standard of play tonight? You know, obviously, uh, Kingsley scored their their lowest output of the season, sixty one points, yet won by double digits. And Glen Lake, I'm sure, probably was a bit disappointed in their offensive performance. And defensively is where they really shine. So giving up sixty one for them, whether it was Kingsley or not, probably wasn't something they were too pleased about. Yeah, it was a little different game. Uh, 
kind of expected in that neither team pressed the other one a whole lot. Uh, I think they both kind of had scouted each other well enough that they maybe figured that that wasn't going to work. I mean, Glenn Lake's obviously got a great backcourt in, uh, with Savannah Paplinski and Ali Bonzelet. Uh Kingsley has a myriad of players that they can play in the backcourt, and, and Jalen Brumfield, when she's on her game, is just a human press breaker. You know, and once they got the ball to her, in the one or two times when Glenn Lake was pressing the ball, she just, the, the press was over once she got her hands on the ball. So, I mean, that was unusual because Glenn Lake usually presses a lot. Kingsley usually presses a lot. And, uh, and and neither team really did very much. Glenn Lake really battled foul trouble in this game, like almost everybody. Bonzelet finished the game with four fouls. Paplinski finished with four. Jen LaCrosse fouled out. Uh, Brumfield had four for Kingsley, but she was really the only one in, for Kingsley that had much foul trouble. Um, so was that it that kinda, physical of a game, or were the refs just blowing the whistle every time someone touched somebody? It was kind of a ragged game a little bit. And, uh, you know, kind of like a, a hockey game where you're playing a lot between the between the blue lines, kind of, where there was a lot of plays going back and forth. So, I mean, it just kind of the raggedness, there was just a lot of contact, and the referees were calling a lot of what they probably had to. Um, and both teams were playing a lot of half-court offense where they were just barreling to the basket, too. So there was a lot of fouls that way. Um, Becca Crosby had some foul trouble, too, for Kingsley. So, uh, you know, I think Kingsley's depth really in that situation made a difference. Stick with girls basketball, move out of the Northwest and over to the Lake Michigan Conference and take a look at Kalkaska, which suffered a surprising 47-42 loss to Harbor Springs. Yeah, a little bit of a surprising loss for the Blazers, uh, albeit on the road. Uh, Spoke with Kalkaska head coach Dave Dalton when he called in the score, and um, he was a little upset with the officials, uh, to say the least. Um, the uh, the leading scorer for Harbor Springs, Emma Wagner, uh, she scored 15 points for the Rams without making a single field goal. All 15 of her points came at the free throw line, and uh, you know that that was something he was a little displeased by. He talked about Kalkaska having a lot of turnovers, although turnovers that he was surprised by because he said it seemed like every time uh, one of his girls would put the ball on the floor um, you know to drive to the basket or something the officials were almost always calling a travel and he said they weren't playing any differently than they played all season so he, he did he, he griped about the officials a little bit was disappointed with that but uh, it, it sounded like Kalkaska missed some free throws of their own they they were two for twenty as a team from three, and typically Kalkaska is a much better three-point shooting team than two for twenty. It's what ten percent. Yeah, 10, it's not so yeah, good. Ten percent, not so good at all. Um, Mackenzie Wilkinson. I mean, she's typically Kalkaska's leader, our our player of the year last year. Uh, you know, she had a double double, sixteen points, twelve rebounds, but I mean, sixteen is a pretty quiet average night for her um and uh, margaret stosio at 11 points eight steals but uh just you know one of those games where um he i think a little bit kind of how james was just describing glenn lake and kingsley you know dave said there just was no flow to it the their whistles were so often that there there was no rhythm no flow the you, you could never develop any sort of momentum uh, in, in that one, and so you know, Kalkaska takes a, a bit of a surprising loss. Now that's uh, their second in Lake Michigan Conference play, um, which really kind of gives St. Francis a little bit of a, a cushion moving here toward the second half of the season. K 
keeping it in the girls' basketball arena, we have to move over to our guest on Tuesday's podcast, and that is Trevor City Central's Margot Woofter, who once again just, uh, well, for lack of a better cliche, knocked one out of the park on the basketball court, scoring 40 points in uh, a game after last week scoring 29 and 33 and a couple of losses. This week it was actually a win, 62 to 55 over Alpena. Yeah, it was uh it was actually kind of funny taking the call from central coach Greg Farmer. <laughs> Sounds hilarious. Thank you for that <laughs> bit of commentary. Uh, that's, that's all no, I bring it, to this. It was funny. There, there's it was funny because There's no analysis, just stupid things that I say. It was funny because mm-hmm. he kept really trying to reiterate how this was a team win. True. And <laughs> now you're just ruining the segment. <clears throat> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was funny talking to Central Coach Greg Farmer on the phone just because uh, he kept bringing it back to the team. And, I mean, that's not to say that, uh, you know, the other girls didn't play well. He specifically mentioned, um, you know, everybody really locking in defensively on Alpina after Central trailed by 12 early. But when you're talking about an individual scoring 40 points in a game and putting up the kind of numbers that Margaret Woofter did, you still kind of get a pretty good idea, even if you weren't at the game like I I and you two were not, uh, that – it was a pretty dominant performance by one player. Yeah, Woofter scored 40 points, uh, 15 of those at the free throw line. She only hit three threes, which uh, is a little surprising when she puts up those kinds of numbers. You watched her uh, put up 27 the other night. She 29. 29, and she hit how many threes Seven. in that game? Yeah. So She broke the school record with that, and then when she tied the school record with 40 tonight. Yeah, Wendy Merriman, uh, now Wendy Sherwin, um, also holds the record for 40 in a game for Central uh, Girls Basketball. Uh, but, yeah, the the fact that she only had those three threes, you know, Central head coach Greg Farmer said that, you know, it's kind of scary to think about what she may have done to that Alpena team tonight uh, if her three-point shot had been falling. Um, but, you know, also credit her for adjusting because when, when the threes weren't falling, she started going to the rack and the, the officials rewarded her with 19 trips to the free throw line and uh, she converted most of those. But, I mean, she still made 11 field goals on the night. Uh, but Greg said, you know, if those threes had been falling, if she would even shot her average percentage, she would have went for over 50 tonight. We're very excited to have Margo on the podcast uh, on Tuesday's show. We'll be able to talk to her basically just about how she's been going off since she got back from the suspension and what it's been like for her kind of going through all of the adversity that she's had to face, including two ACL tears and uh, just so much that she's had to overcome to be one of the best players in Traverse City Central girls basketball history. Transitioning now from the girls on the basketball court over to the boys. Let's. I, I know we get a lot of uh, flack for this lately for talking a lot about the Northwest Conference, but that right now is the most interesting race, I would say, uh, on the boys' side. All three of those top teams, Frankfurt, Glen Lake, and Buckley, sitting at 5-1. and one. You had Buckley beat Glen Lake, and then Frankfurt beat Buckley, and then Glen Lake beat beat Frankfurt. So, as I said in my article, the transitive property does not exist in the Northwest Conference. Uh, A lot of good stuff coming up. You've got uh, on February 9th, Glen Lake plays Buckley. February 14th, Frankfurt plays Buckley. And then February 21st, Frankfurt and Glen Lake get together again. So you've got 
three really good matchups there. Yeah, those three games will decide the conference. Um, I don't expect any of these three teams to lose to anyone else uh, over the remainder of the conference schedule. Not after and, what Buckley did to Leland. Poor Leland, 83-38. to 38. That was a drubbing after Buckley took their first conference loss in quite a while. Well, what are the odds that these three teams pretty much do the same thing and we ha- end up the season with a three-way tie atop the league? Has that ever happened in your long tenure here in northern Michigan covering sports? Um, it's it's happened in different conferences. I can't put my finger on exactly when it's happened, but I remember there being like three-way ties. I'll be honest. I, I think that I'd be a little bit disappointed if that was the outcome. You know, that being said, you know, contrary to some belief that, you know, we play favorites or uh, want certain teams to win, the, the way these first three games went, um, you know, I, I'm Root, I root for storylines, and yeah, you were hoping that Glenn Lake uh, was going to win, uh, was going to beat Frankfurt. I was, you know, to to have all three teams heading toward the the midway point of the season with the same record, and uh, having it been a, a round robin of losses for for that trio. I just think that makes the conference race all that much more interesting. You know, if there if there was a team that was still undefeated and you had one with two losses and and you know one that split or something like that uh i mean certainly it would still technically be anybody's conference um but i i think you'd still you'd still be looking at that undefeated team now as uh the, then they would be the prohibitive favorite uh but in this case i mean it's almost like a fresh new season starting all over again uh, which should only increase the the sense of urgency that we've seen to this point now before we get out of here let's uh quickly go over our new contest that we have going on here on the get around giving you listeners a chance to win two free tickets to the State or Bijou Theaters here in Traverse City. All you have to do is pick the winner of the following games. And we've got two from hockey, two from boys basketball, and two from girls basketball. Of course, a tiebreaker. You will have to predict the score of one of the games. So let's go uh, for hockey. We'll have uh, Traverse City West versus Traverse City Central. And then we also have Traverse City Central versus the Bay Reps. On the boys basketball side, we have East Jordan versus Traverse City St. Francis. And also Traverse City West versus Alpina, and then on the girls basketball side, Traverse City Central versus Benzie Central, and Kalkaska versus Elk Rapids. You will have to predict the score of the girls game, Traverse City Central versus Benzie Central. Make sure you include that when you send in your email. You can email it to us at resports at record-eagle.com. Again, that is resports at record-eagle.com. Make sure you have that dash in there, otherwise it will not get to us. Running over those games again hockey you have west versus central and central versus the reps boys basketball east jordan versus traverse city st francis and traverse city west versus alpina and then the girls you have traverse city central versus benzie central and Kalkaska versus elk rapids again predict the score of the battle of the centrals uh, traverse city central versus benzie central you will be able to find a list of those in the description below on soundcloud.com backslash the get around and in the description on recordeagle.com under local sports you can also find us on itunes Uh, once again i want to thank everybody for listening to this episode of the get around after dark i've been your host brendan queely and i was joined by brett summers and jimmy james cook enjoy the rest of the weekend and make sure you tune back in on tuesday as we will have special guest margo wolfter from traverse city central in the studio